Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I've had a really productive day, but I've got home and um, I'm fighting the urge to pour myself a really large glass of red wine. Because I think if you start drinking at the beginning of the week, it's like a downward spiral. So it's like it's burning a hole in the cupboard at me, like going, drink me. But I'm I'm trying not to. (laughs) You? You know what? Well, actually, as you said that, Judgey James was bringing me a peppermint tea. Oh, so the difference in our house. Yeah, do you know what we do though? Do you know what we, I say we, James doesn't drink at home, so it doesn't really affect him. But um, we actually keep all of like the wine and that kind of thing at the end of the garden in we've got like we've got like a wine rack at the end of the garden so really like I'd only go and get it if I really really wanted it that's a really good idea we might move on <laughs> maybe you should bury it at the end of the garden so then if you really want it you will go and dig it up I tell you what because I've been really good and then we went away to Norfolk and I was like we got to one o'clock every day and we we're like glass of rose anyone for a vodka and tonic it was like it was like aggressive drinking all day every day but you were on holiday so now I'm kind of coming off that yeah I love day drinking I, oh, I prefer yeah. day drinking to night drinking actually <laughs> Definitely. I mean, there's me fantasizing. I've got no day drinking plans for a while. Oh, mate. We need to do that. We need to do that. I know. I know. Let's pretend we're going to do like some work and then get stuck because we've drunk too much and then we can't come home. This is a really good plan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited about today's podcast because um, she is somebody that has kind of been on our screens and on our radio for a very, very long time because she started her career in a pop group when she was like 18 years old and then I've kind of both of us have sort of been following her career she's had like some real highs and like some big sort of public lows as well with her life yeah yeah do you know what it's actually funny that we're talking about alcohol so much in our intro as well because this guest is actually giving up drinking um because she found it was impacting her life too much um and that's been like a real recent change for her and sort of how she's I guess come to turn not turn her whole life around but you know f- feel more positive yeah definitely and um I'm really brave of her to get to that point where she's gone actually I need to cut this out completely and she's, she's been dry for eight months now but she's had some real kind of like revelations that she's 
decided that she needed to tell everyone about and 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 yeah more power to her it's been a really interesting journey especially over the last couple of weeks where she's you know done interviews in the press and kind of spoken about it on her instagram so i'm really really excited to talk to her georgia who are we chatting to today today we are chatting to suzanne shaw It's always banging it in the background. Isn't it? Never oh, don't. She's got James really... locked upstairs doing the DIY or she's Listen, got the builders in. I would tell them to stop, but we have not slept on a proper bed for six months because of this carpet not being fitted. So <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not telling them to stop. It's fine. Do you know what? We've, we've, done, we've recorded the podcast in, um, in louder conditions. So listen, we're just going to get on with it today. What an absolute treat today. Georgia and I are remotely sitting down with one of the most lovely women you could possibly meet she started her career in a band called hearsay she had um her son who is now 15 Corey, um rafferty who is now four so she's yeah mum to two boys she has had a very interesting journey um over the last kind of 18 years and has sort of made some some fairly big i guess revelations about her life just recently so we are absolutely over the moon to be sitting down with suzanne shaw today having me guys what a lovely intro i should say actress actress singer star juggler i mean (laughs) mate you've done it all (laughs) yeah i mean i really need to make up my mind what i want to do for a day job um, you don't have to. Everyone has loads of hats now, absolutely. don't they? Yeah, that's what it is. It's all about variety of life, and that's what I love. So, exactly. yeah, yeah, do it all. That's what I say. <laughs> Suzanne, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. We we're really keen to chat to you because um, I guess before we kind of get into what you've recently just been talking about, um, let's cast your mind back to the hearsay days and kind of tell us that story about how you got into the band and what that was like for you. Wow. Oh, let's go back then. Centuries ago. Um, yeah, uh, hearsay. Oh, so I was 18 when I auditioned for the band. And um, I remember, wait, it was the first of its kind. Um, I, I'll take you a little bit further back. I was a little bit of a child star. I did my first TV drama when I was 12 years old. Um, I've been doing West End shows, um, kind of a little bit of a stage school kid. And um, so I'd auditioned for everything. So at the time I had an agent, but we had this thing called the Stage Magazine. And you would you would look at Stage Magazine for open auditions. Um, and I remember at the time I was in an ABBA tribute band and um, I was dating the guy who owned the band and he fired me. And so I got the, um, he, he dumped me and fired me. Um, and so I got this stage magazine and I opened it up and it said, do you want to be a pop star? And I was like, yeah, I totally want to be a pop star. I'm <laughs> so going to show him. Um, but also my other friend, um, she wanted to go and she was like, can you give me a lift to the audition? And I was a little bit like, yeah, I mean, for me, I was, I was auditioning for lots of acting roles. So um, to be actually, a, you know, audition for something like this was really something I'd never done before. So I kind of agreed to take my friend. We went down to Granada Studios where they were auditioning in Manchester. Um, I just dropped my nan off at Berry Market um, before I got to the audition um, and queued up for a few hours, uh, got to sing in front of three d- judges, which were as um, uh, Nigel Lithgow, Paul Adam and Nikki Chapman. Um, and they got me through to the next round and I was like, oh, right, I'm meant to be picking my nan up from Berry Market. <laughs> must stay, must do the next round. But then I didn't have a mobile phone. So 
I, I went to the payphone at Granada Studios, rung my uncle, said, can you pick my nan up from Berry Marketplace? And so we went to pick my nan up. Um, and then so I carried on getting through to the next round of the next round. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And me and my friend were both getting through. And then the next thing they said, right, your next rounds will be in Birmingham. And then I got through that round and my friend didn't. <sighs> And so oh. then the next time I went to London and I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm doing really well with this. In the meantime, I'm auditioning for Maria in Coronation Street and uh, a Robson Green drama and uh, Godspell the Musical. Wow. And, and I was thinking, oh, God, you know, and this will show him the person who's just fired me from the <laughs> band and dumped me. <laughs> this will learn him. Um, so I was like, um, oh, what, what's going to happen? Which one do I go for? You know, you know, really quite like to be a pop star. Um, and so I didn't get the Robson Green drama. And I was still, I was down to the finals um, for um, Coronation Street for Maria, which obviously Samia plays. But in the final, it was me, Kimberly Walsh and Samia. So it was <gasps> the three of us in the finals for Coronation Street. And um, and anyway, I didn't get that. Samia got the role. And then it was between Godspell, going on tour with the musical of that, um, or becoming a part of this band. Now, it's the very first of its kind, so we don't know how well it's going to do at this point. So I could make the rookie mistake of going for pop stars, it not doing well and I've missed out on like my first major West End show. Or I go for the West End show and miss out on becoming a pop star. Anyway, luckily, I didn't get the West End show and I got into Hearsay. And yeah, that was it. Packed my bags, moved to London from Bury, um, and lived in a house with, you know, four strangers. Um thrown to be together to be best friends um and then the next minute the the tv show was doing amazingly the hype was huge we released our single we had number ones and and yeah <laughs> how long how long were you in the band for and what what was that like for you kind of oh, you were so young weren't you you're only yeah. 18 taken from everything that you know and plonked into london like you said with these four yeah. strangers who were like you're the new best friends that you ever did have so what, yeah. what was that like and what was kind of going on with you mentally I guess during that time it was really quite scary you know I hadn't left my parents house um I think during the audition process I'd just turned 19 and then I think a few weeks later after turning 19 I'd moved to London in this house so I was still you know at that point I thought I was I knew it all and I was old enough but actually I was really still a baby I had, I had barely you know knew how to use the washing machine um, so moving to a house with new strangers, um, and I wasn't the most kind of confident in the fact of going away from home. I, I remember not going to drama school for that reason. I got a scholarship to go to Italy Conte when I was younger. And I said, no, cause I didn't want to move away from home. So I was that kind of person who was really, you know, wanted my family around me. So moving to London was quite scary. Um, living with, you know, very confident people, and I was the youngest in the band, was quite intimidating. But it was also winning a lottery ticket. I was about to become a pop star, have a record deal. Um, and I'd just moved to this huge mansion in, in London. So it was all really exciting. It was like flipping heck. <laughs> you mentioned that you hadn't left your parents' house before, you know, getting into the band. If your son turned around to you in a couple of years' time and said that he was 
going to do that? What would you say to him? Oh, we've just had the conversation this morning that he wants <laughs> yes. to leave today and never <laughs> wants to see me again. So, <laughs> you know, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm used to it at the moment. Um, no, I would be petrified. I would think, Corey, you don't even know how to butter toast. So <laughs> this is not going to work out in your favour if you do that. <laughs> but I also understand because, you know, if I'd have got this job at 16, I would have gone for it because all my life I just wanted to be on the stage and perform. You know, it's I've been doing this since being three years old. So um, for me, there was just no other option. It was, yeah, let's do this. Let's go for it. Um, so yeah, I mean, if Corey was to say that he'd got a big movie in Hollywood that he wants, um, and that's it is going tomorrow. I would, yeah, I would encourage it. I'd, I'd be heartbroken though. I'd be scared. <laughs> I'd be scared for him. And I'd be like, he's, he's going to die in five minutes. He doesn't know how to feed himself. <laughs> he can't do his washing. Yeah. He can't make his bed. He needs his money. Yeah. Okay, Suzanne, how old were you when you had Corey? And without going into too much detail about that, because you know you, you've spoken about it, and it's it. We're not we're not here to pry. But what was that period of your life like? Were you still in the band when that was going? When that relationship was happening, and Corey came along? No, I wasn't. So um, the band finished. I mean, we were in the band for a tomato season. It really didn't last that long at all. Um, and I think it was the type of show that we went into with we the first, very first band. So normally like the Spice Girls, like Steps, um, take that boys and you, you have that development stage and then you grow to having your number one. You don't just get a first number one. You you grow your way up the charts. You spend that time together. You you nurture the relationships. Um, whereas uh, like what would normally have been a 10-year period of being in a band happened over 24 months. Was that all it was, two years? Yeah, really, wow. really short. And because we were very, we weren't a normal band, we were like a soap opera. Their papers knew everything um, about us. You know, we were like Coronation Street on in the terms of uh, in the music industry. Yeah, yeah. You know, they knew everything about our lives. Um, so, you know, that was spread over the papers. So the public got bored of us very quickly. We were thoroughly overexposed. So um, we... We therefore, you know, too much exposure, you know, there in front of everyone, we were getting booed at roadshows at the end. And we just decided this is time to call it a day. You know, um, we've had our time. I think in in hindsight, we should have probably gone, we're having a break. Let's give us a break, not kind of knock it on the head completely. But I think we it was all it was all a lot, you know, it's not being nice going out on stage being booed and having Ribena bottles thrown at you. Oh, and that's horrendous. <laughs> oh, well, I can tell you this, the formation of the dance routines went right out the window. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> the beaner, the beaner's coming to me hard. <laughs> Shit, duck. Yeah. Sorry, Danny. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was interesting to say the least. So um, I'd left. Uh, so we'd we'd broke up the band. We did the big announcement about it um, and went our separate ways. I wanted to chuck myself into something. I wanted to go back to my first love, which was musical theatre, yeah. uh, which was summer holiday. And um, I remember going into that show and I remember my very first performance and turning to the cast members um, who were all like musical theatre kids um, and saying, what happens if I get booed when I go out on stage? And they're like, what kind of musicals oh, have you God. performed in before? <laughs> I don't boo in a musical, love. You know, it's, and it was crazy, but that was in my head that I could yeah. get booed. Um, and so I was terrified going out on stage. 
So therefore, you know, went out on stage, did this tour. Um, then Darren um, came to the show, uh, Corey's dad. Um, and then, yeah, we had this big love affair. Um, the papers announced it. All of that yeah. happened. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I fell pregnant with Corey. Uh, I was 23. Wow. Oh, yeah, again, yeah. thought I was really old and I knew everything, but really, again, just, just a baby. But you've done so much, so you can understand why that yeah. happened. When you meet somebody so charismatic like Darren, yeah. I guess it's one of those things you get you get kind of caught up with it. Or like you said, it was a big love affair, wasn't it? So, yeah. and amazing that Corey was the result of it. Yeah, I know. It was fantastic. I mean, at the time as well, I was told I had polycytic ovaries, so I didn't oh, think yeah. I would ever be having children I was actually told that I would struggle to have children mm. um and so I was on these hormonal tablets at the time to try and balance mm. out my hormones because I, I hadn't uh, had any periods for ages so I didn't think I could get pregnant and there we go I was pregnant <laughs> so it was a complete surprise you didn't sort of talk about conceiving or plan it at all it was just completely no, you know, it came as a shock yeah we we hadn't been together all that long at all in fact I don't even think our time together, um, even the pregnancy, um, had was more than 18 months. So, mm-hmm. again, a tomato season, you know, yeah. I just get in there, I do the gig, I get out. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those where we were together. I fell pregnant very quickly. It put a lot of strain on our relationship. Uh, yeah. Neither of us were ready, but what a wonderful wonderful outcome what an amazing surprise he uh he was and really has been my savior in life as Corey what sort of a mum are you Suzanne and what is it like raising a 15 year old or having a 15 year old in the house um it's really good fun actually I really like it um you know, I am, I would say I'm a really, really shit hot, cool mum. However, Corey says I'm not. <laughs> we think that too, don't we, Zoe? Yeah. yeah, we think that. We think that. Thank you. I do as well. I look at myself in the mirror and go, God, you're a cool mum. Um, and uh, Corey's like, you're really not. Um, he told me how to dress the other day. He said, you just got to stop wearing, you just look like a mum. Um, I was like, well, uh, I am. Uh, so um yeah I uh I love to have a lot of banter um with him one thing I we do in our house is you know we take the mickey out of each other I think for me what's really important is you know life's really tough it's really hard and the last thing I want us to do is sit around and be serious around the dinner table so a lot of mickey taking happens in our house and when you have boys you know you get to grips very quickly and that's you know that's how it is (laughs) and How old was um, Corey when you met Sam? He was, I want to say, eight or nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it's been a lot of the time, uh, me and Corey against the world, really. Um, He's he's been, uh, you know, a showbiz baby. He's been in pretty much every dressing room in any theatre in the UK on most of the tours he loves pantomime so much because most of the time he's been spent his Christmas um and his birthdays at Christmas as well so he's he's, he's had so many birthday parties watching Panto the poor lad <laughs> <laughs> and he's uh, grown up in dressing rooms and yeah so he's, he's spent a lot of the time on the road and uh, been around uh, showbiz uh and uh, yeah so 
he's a, he's a funny lad. What was it like, Suzanne, you know, raising a child and being in that world and kind of being a single mum, you know, on the road a lot and travelling around a lot? And what was dating like before Sam came along? And I guess the sort of struggles around, around that. Yeah, um, well, being on the road with, um, I think because he was the first time um, and I, I didn't, really kind of look into what parenthood was like or pregnancy or anything when I fell pregnant with Corey I just kind of buried my head in the sand about it all didn't go to any classes didn't read up on what birth was going to be like (laughs) didn't read up on you know routines I remember somebody saying when he was about a year older what kind of routine he was in I was like what do you mean routine what are you talking about (laughs) it's just in my routine he's literally coming to gigs with me all the time so I was very much a rogue mum when it came to being on the road so he you know just was attached to my hip and we did everything together and in terms of dating um after Darren I'm I suppose it was it was tough, but it wasn't that hard. I mean, I, I then got into a relationship with my ex-husband, Jay, fairly quickly. I think he was um, eight months old. So then we were together for quite some time. And then there was just a, like a, a two-year period before Sam and I got together. Um, so a lot of the time, um, I, I have been in long-term relationships. Um, but when it comes to... Uh, I've lost track of thought. What was the other question? You said in terms of dating. Um, I guess just being a single mum and having to, yeah. you, you know, you, you weren't really because then you met Jay yeah. and you were married to him for how long? Um, well, we were again, again, I was in and out. Uh, it was uh, a really short time. We were together for seven years, but married for one. Um, well, together for seven is not a short yeah, time. Yeah, short yeah. Time. So, um, yeah, we, we were together for quite some time. So, yeah, but then again, Jay and I, we worked very separately. We lived in two separate houses most of the time. Oh, right, um, yeah. I was in Emmerdale. He was um, a, a radio DJ. He was either working from London or he was in Leeds. Or So we spent a lot of the time apart. Um, so, yeah, it was. Um, it, it's never been like, a walk in the park, but parenthood isn't. Um, but I have had some fantastic help along the way. Like my mum lived me f- uh, with me for a, a short time as well. She moved back from New Zealand to come and she stayed with me for a, a few years. Um, so she was really on hand for help. Um, and then I had nannies um, who, you know, they really helped as well. You know, they were absolutely fantastic. Some cracking nannies along the way. So, but I've always had Corey by my side. He's always come with me to gigs. Um, and yeah, we've always, you know, obviously when he's been in school, my jobs have changed and I moved him up to Leeds with me when I got into Emmerdale. So he was always by my side. So yeah, I, I, I think it just kind of went with it without thinking too much into it. So we're going to be back with our lovely guest just after this. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Laura Wright, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Music in My Life. In this series, I'm talking to some amazing guests about their favorite pieces of music. We'll be delving into the music they listen to and why it shaped them throughout the years. It's like intense. It made me feel cooler and stronger and harder than I was. But the man on board had had cancer and that's obviously become a big part of my life. I can listen to it now, reminding myself where I've come from. He just completely lost it as we pulled up to the, to the hospital. You can find it wherever you found this podcast. Just search Music In My Life. Now, let's pick up where we left off with our wonderful guest. You know, we hear a lot, actually, and both Georgia and I are quite like that, that actually, you know, baby kind of has to get on with your lifestyle, that you can't suddenly flip your life on a head and be like, well, I can't do this because, you know, I need to be at home for the two o'clock nap or I can't do this. You know, you were a working performer, actress, you know, everything else that you were doing at the time. And Corey had to adapt to the work, to to your lifestyle. Yeah. And it worked. Definitely. And, And then, and then. Funnily enough, the second time round, because I felt like I was so young and I hadn't probably done it the proper way and more traditional way, um, I then did it the opposite way round with Rafi and everything was really strict and to a plan and naps were on, you know, certain times. And boy, did that not work. Oh, really? (laughs) Really? No, No, it was, well, saying that, Rafi had loads of health issues. He was extremely allergic to dairy products. Um, ah, yeah. yeah. And so um, it was a, a nightmare. I was really struggled with breastfeeding. Then we put him onto formula. Formula was just not working. Then he had um, bad reflux. Um, and he he was just, he was in and out of um, specialists. We were trying to, you know, it was, it was a good two years before he came out the other side of it. Wow. So that didn't help. So maybe it was more that than the routine. But yeah. I remember just thinking, God, it was just so much easier when you were 23. I bounced right back. I was on the stage seven weeks after giving birth. Everything seemed to just fall into place mm-hmm. because I didn't think about it. And this time I'm swaddling. I'm having routines in place. You know, I'm I'm trying to be Mary Poppins yeah. and it wasn't working for me. Yeah. How did, um, how did Corey feel um, when you were pregnant with Rafferty? Um, Corey was quite jealous. Um, he it took a while for us to um, kind of get through our relationship. We took a bit of um, it was it was funny. It was like he kind of gone. He went off me and was all for Sam. He was very much yeah. yeah it was really interesting. He was like he ignored me. In fact, when Rafi was first born, he would physically walk past me with his hand up by his face so he didn't look at me. So it took a while for it to um, for him to share it, and and I I knew he was disappointed that it wasn't a sister because I feel like that wouldn't have taken away as much attention from him, yeah, yeah. Um, and that yeah. So he he did he was fine. He wasn't playing up um, badly or anything, but he was very quiet around me. He kind of gave me the silent treatment. So uh, how did you really, deal with that? I was really emotional about it to start with. Um, you know, I was like crying like thinking oh my god I've lost my little boy um I think because we'd been you know we've been thick as thieves um from the moment he was born 
Um, and we'd been, you know, through a lot. I'd been through a lot. So therefore, you know, he, I was very, very um, relied, strangely relied on him for my strength as much yes. as he relied on me for being a mother. So we'd been, you know, through a lot together. Um, and so, yeah, it was tough. It was tough going. Um, and then, you know, I really struggled with postnatal depression. It, it hit me like a sledgehammer. Um, yeah, it was really, really tough. Um, and it was bad the first time round. But I think because I was on my own, yeah. I had to just get through it and work through it and take the medication and just crack on with life. Whereas the second time round, Sam was there to catch me. And so therefore, I just, I really, really caved. It was really tough. I mean, there's there's so much I want to talk to you. We want mm. to talk to you about your postnatal depression. Um, so I guess the first time around you said you bounced back and you were on stage, you know, seven weeks after Corey was born. Were you battling with postnatal depression at that point? And what was different this time around with Rafferty? Um, I think the first time round, um, you know, I was on stage. Darren and I were both doing a show together, and then he um, he left. He left the show. He left me, um, and that is no reflection on Darren, by the way. You know, we both had yeah. our issues mm-hmm. at the time, and um, he, you know, so therefore um, it was more. Uh, you know, I don't know whether that it's a hard one. Depression is it? You know, the the, the fact that it's trauma you go through, <sighs> therefore you get depression, mm-hmm. or does it come from a chemical imbalance, therefore you yeah. get the depression? But I very much would put it down to trauma. I was said that you know suddenly everything that I've been through with hearsay was coming to rear its ugly head mm-hmm. um you know uh, the the fact that there was there was constantly paparazzi outside our house um we um were always in the papers um you know a very public breakup um and I had to perform on stage so you then you've got the sleep deprivation as well yeah so it's hard yeah. to see what kind of that how that started whereas the second time it was just very clear it was postnatal depression yeah um and so the first time it was like oh my god there is so much going on in my head I'm doing this on my own I'm tired I'm trying to work to keep income coming in um I'm so embarrassed because there's so much public humiliation out there in the papers there was so much going on and then the second time round it wasn't I wasn't in the papers I wasn't at the forefront I I wasn't on stage I didn't go back to work quickly I had a really loving supportive partner fantastic situation and setup and yet suddenly I was paranoid I was crying all the time I felt like there was a big conspiracy against me it was very clear that my hormones were doing some crazy things um and so yeah it it was it was so different but so very clear that the second time round it was like you you've got some fixing to do now i think yeah. i'd got through it with Corey. um you know my, my father had passed away as well only a few years before raffi was born so there was lots of issues that i i was dealing with yeah. and mm. you know it wasn't until the second time round of postnatal depression that I thought, no, I, I need to now sort out the bigger picture here. I've got a lot of stuff that I've, I've brushed under the carpet for so long. Um, it's now time to to sort this out. Um, yeah. And that's what I've done. It's taken me a while to really, really sort it out. You know, I've been dipped in and out of therapy. I've been on times when um, I've stopped drinking for a bit and, and hit the exercise and then this last year again, I had a bit of a wobble. I had a funny uh, term with it all, um, and so that drinking's like, been a big drinking's been a big 
hindrance in your life hasn't it yeah. it's been a, it's been a bit of a devil on your shoulder hasn't it yeah that's right it has I just have a really unhealthy relationship with it but I think since quitting I can't believe how many people have come forward to me and mm. say I've had the same yeah um and it's amazing actually how very easily you know a glass of wine turns into a bottle of wine at night and yeah. how easily uh, yeah. you know the older you get the more for me the anxiety went up even off one glass of wine in an evening the next day regardless whether I had a hangover or didn't I was suffering yeah um, and yeah I did have a really unhealthy relationship with it and I think I turned to alcohol when I wanted to avoid problems and I was avoiding a lot of problems <laughs> <laughs> at what moment did you think that it was the alcohol that was the problem like what was the switch that made you realize that um I don't think it was a switch I think uh, for quite a few years I just realized that you know, you're never going to help yourself eating junk food and drinking alcohol. Yeah. So um, I feel like you always subconsciously know it. It was just like, do I want to knock alcohol on the head? Because, you know, everyone I know drinks. Everybody yeah. I know, you know, will will find like, you know, well, you know, you're the fun one at a party. What are you doing? Um, mm. and, and I think it was more so how would I operate as a human being not having that social aspect. Yeah. Um, so I always knew it wasn't right. Um, and by all means, you know, I wasn't getting up in the morning with the shakes, cracking open the vodka. Um, it was just very much a, when I went out, I loved to party. And uh, and then when I was stressed, I love a glass of wine in the evening. So I just got to the point where I was like, why is it we rely on this um, substance so much as, yeah. as humans? And it made me fascinated to see, you know, whether I could actually really knock it on the head. Um, and which I have, I took on the the one year no beer challenge, um, and I think doing it in that way and taking it on as a challenge, yeah, and it's just a what, yeah, like a there's a time limit on it yeah. as well, yeah, and and also like you know it's it it's like you know going in for a marathon, um, you know that that's your challenge and you want to do it and you'll complete it. For me, I always knew I wanted a few like last year and the year before I was like I really want to knock it on the head I wish I could just not drink and be happy with a you know a sober life um and then I thought the only way I can do this is do it in in a way where I go right well I'm announced to everyone I'm doing a challenge support me through the challenge knowing that actually I will very unlikely return to drinking alcohol that that kind of public um sort of challenge that you've kind of set well you've set to yourself but you've also in the last couple of weeks decided that now's the right time for you to share the fact that not only you know have you been battling the feelings around alcohol and what yeah. it does to you but also that you've also been battling for 20 years taking antidepressants I think mm. it's so brave Suzanne thank for the you fact that you've come out and said that because that would have resonated with so many people on the surface you look like and I know you, so I know yeah. you are. Your public persona is so bubbly, so upbeat. Mm. Like you said, life and soul of the party. No idea that you were going through what you were going through. Yeah. So why did you decide now was the right time to come out and tell everyone? Well, you know, it was a funny old thing. I've been, I think it was last year on uh, Mental Health Week, I wanted to do something. I think it was the year before even. So the last couple of years, I was like, I really want to tell my story. And I think maybe, you know, the the fact that we're in a pandemic and everything kind of seemed a little bit more like it's okay not to be okay and start talking about it helped but I also looked at my Instagram account and I was like 
what have I got this for? I'm not doing anything poignant with it. I'm not I'm not selling anything on it. I'm not uh, using it for, and I thought, why have I got this page? Because it takes up a lot of my time. I look at it and I thought, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to use this page. If I'm going to be on Instagram, I'm going to be on it for a positive way, not to moan about things, not to show off, just to be on it for a positive outlook. And that's where it all really came from. And I thought I'm, I'm going to have the, the balls to actually say something about my mental health because I know loads of people struggle. And therefore, for saying that, I then wanted to say why I've changed. And it was all because of my mental health is that I wanted to give myself a fighting chance. And I just thought I want to carry on using this platform that I have through becoming in a band um, for some good, because I am really, really fed up of looking at stuff out there. And it's competition, it's comparison, it's negativity. It's all the things that I just thought, I don't want this for my life. I don't want it for my kid's life. And I just want to go out there and do something different with my page uh, instead of, um, you know, trying to show off on it. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I think Zara and I talk a lot about social media and, um, you know, our kids are, are young. And yeah. obviously you've got a teenager. So, how, I mean, was was hit you know were your children in the back of your mind when you were thinking right social media can be toxic it can be awful and I guess we're the ones right now who can make make a change in that in that if we you know we lead the way and make social media something positive then hopefully as our children grow up it will be something positive and somewhere that they can turn but I guess your you you know your eldest is already is he on social media now how does he use it he doesn't actually. Um, he uses it to look at uh, stuff and follow like his idols, um, but he doesn't actually post anything on it. But he won't because he says he's scared of bullying. You know, he he automatically. I mean, he wants. He doesn't want to use it. But if he did, there's so many times I've said, "Set up a YouTube channel. You're so funny. You should start." Because he wants to do some comedy. So I said, at this age is the perfect age to be setting up something like that. Start testing your material out. And he's like, oh, my God, mum, I would get so bullied. And it's so sad that that's the first thing he said. And that's exactly why he won't use it, because he's so concerned that, you know, that the problems it may cause for him in school, which is so sad. Did did you ch- did you chat to him before you spoke to the press and did your interview and yeah. kind of did you did you sit him down and say look this is the time I need to share this so I can help others how did yeah, that I did. go um he I was actually quite shocked with his reaction he just said to me I'm so proud of you I think oh. we should do this um and you know one thing that I I just am in awe of, it's nothing to do with my parenting. I'm just in awe of the fact that he is such a kind, sensitive person. And he he just said, you know, if this is what's going to help you, do it. Um, and, and yeah, but I, I did, I thought it was really important that I was going to announce this in case somebody said something to him mm. or get his thoughts. Because yeah. if he was really against it, I wouldn't have done it. Um, you know, but I, I spoke to the, like obviously the whole family. Obviously, I didn't chat to Rafi because he'd be like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my supper. I want my fish fingers. Yeah, yeah it's well, like uh, yeah. yeah and <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I spoke to Sam and Core about it, and yeah, they were really supportive. Um, and then after we did the OK shoot um, recently, um, again, he just said, I'm, I'm really proud of you and gave me a hug. 
And I was like, do you know what? Oh, such a good lad. Um, yeah, what a great great young man yeah what a complete credit to you that's amazing and I guess anybody that's listening that is experiencing any form of lows or depression or you know sort of anxiety around it what would you say that they should do what could be the first step in there you know in them getting better well definitely talk to somebody a trusted person um first and foremost and if you don't feel like that is you can do that um there's so many things out there there's actually something i've only just come across called happyful and it's an app and on there um it's these two young girls who set up because they struggled with mental health set up um a support group and on this app there's like loads of counsellors um that you can go to you can go to their website I don't know a lot about it and you know I'm not getting paid for saying this or anything like that I've literally just come across them and I thought wow that is a really cool thing and there's so much out there obviously you've got the Samaritans and you've got some fantastic charities out there but definitely you know look at uh, apps um but if there's somebody you feel like you can trust enough to talk to talk speak 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 because as soon as you open your mouth the the way of uh, just getting it off your chest is the first step into the right direction yeah that I mean that's why we love having this kind of conversation on our podcast because mm. I think sometimes hearing you know someone else's experience sim- in a, you know similar to yours can yeah. can can help somebody and you know give give them the little nudge to speak up and yeah. you know and talk to somebody um since so Suzanne we love to hear um from our guests what the best piece of advice they've ever been given as a parent or yeah. the best or the best piece of advice they would like to give to a new parent well oh my goodness uh, um I oh it's such a tough one because they don't come with a manual I just really wish you know you'd be like well you know that child there's your manual with that one because that one's completely different so you can have your <laughs> manual with that one yeah um, and I think that's a bit of advice is that oh, your children are never going to be the same there's a different system set up you know the way I tell my children off are completely different from each other um, I think to to not be too hard on yourself. Don't don't think that you must be doing arts and crafts all the time and cake baking and keeping everything because nobody out there they're lying if they say they're doing that. I am telling you now, there is not somebody <laughs> who is active with their kids twenty four seven. They're not. Um, uh, so just be kind to yourself about it. If you have a day where they're in front of the TV, they're so what they're in front of the TV, then you get them out another day. Um, just, I would just say, you know, it's life is tough. It's important to be kind on yourself. And the more you are kind on your, on yourself, the, the better you are for your kids. Oh, Suzanne, oh, I love exactly that. Right. And do you know what? It's fascinating that you say that because on Sunday, I wasn't very well on Saturday afternoon, didn't actually go into work on Sunday. It's the first time yeah. I've ever missed the show. And we literally spent the entire day either in bed with the kids. Yeah. They were just watching the iPads, watching films. And we went downstairs and we just sat on the sofa. We all cuddled in and we just yeah. watched telly. Must have watched about eight hours of television. And then I said to Dozza, <gasps> oh my God, our kids have watched telly all day. And he was like, 99.9% of the time, they are outside interacting with other children, building yeah. friends, yeah. You know, play dates. And it's like, it's okay. Yeah. We, we need to do they dates. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, we all need it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Definitely, you know, we get out. We're an active family. We're not sat, you know, doing nothing. And it's not the same all the time. 
but life is tough. You've got to work. You've got to do things. You've got to have time for yourself as well. So if it is a Netflix day or, you know, they're on the computer for a little bit and it's okay, that is okay. You're not going to get the police around going, what are you doing with your kids (laughs) while you're binge watching Kids City? (laughs) And um, one last question. Are you and Sam going to have any more children? <laughs> that has been the question of COVID. Uh, yeah, we'd in uh, in lockdown. We've talked about it so much. Um, well, so the other day, it, it's it's funny how we work as women. We're chatting. We're in the office together. He's on his side of the desk. I'm on my side. And uh, I said, "Oh, do you know what? We've not talked about maybe having another child. What What do you think?" He was like. Oh, I just thought we were not going to. I thought, you know, we were past that now. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> what? I said, what? So you don't want one? And he was like, well, no, you know I do. But I just think, you know, it's we've missed the boat now. And I was like, <gasps> well, now you're saying that. Get upstairs. I want one. <laughs> and I was like, you can't say that. That means that I'm, I now want one because you're doing reverse psychology. Yeah. Um, but it is strange because I've got obviously the big gap between uh, my first two. And then I did think it is, Rafi's going to be five um, in October. He's starting school. I'd yeah. managed to do last week, yesterday actually, we did. It will be my first and last time that I go shopping for both of them for school uniforms oh, uh, wow. together. And I thought, oh, do you know what? Shall we? Um, right now, I think I'm just in such a great headspace that I don't want to rock the boat, but you know, maybe, maybe early for maybe next year, you know, never say never. Yeah. Yeah, And also you're able to handle it now better, you know, you know, you've done the work, you're doing the work, you've done, you've had the conversations and it's like we said, every child is different, but you're at a different phase in your life. Look, I'm I'm willing you to do it. Georgia and I think it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it together. (laughs) Let's be pregnancy buddies. I know Georgia's going to have another one, aren't you, G? No, I'm not going to have another one. I feel like Zoe's trying to do like some kind of hypnotism on me. Let's do it. together. No, I can't obviously have any more children. Um, and and Doz has had the snip, but I've also I'm I'm also an early menopause, Suzanne. So I can't oh, right. I'm off the I'm off the cards now. Okay. But Georgia isn't inflicting it onto me. Isn't taking any contraception and is doing the withdrawal technique. So I'm just saying you do the maths. Well the okay. no draw. Do you know no technique. So, <laughs> no, yeah, no I'm doing the same. That's I'm the doing best the same. technique. <laughs> yeah. It's happening. I'm going to live vicariously through your pregnancy. Um, Suzanne, thank you so much for coming oh, on. You're thanks, guys. Superstar, and we love you. Thank yeah. you. Thank, thank you so you. much. Cheers, guys. She's amazing, isn't she? Yeah, she really is. And I actually feel really bad that we've been banging on so much about booze, and now I realise how much better it is when probably when you don't drink (laughs) I mean I think the thing is is that you know if you've got a problem with it I think it's a really brave moment where you actually decide you know what this is taking over my life but you know what I mean it's one of those ones it's like certain people can drink and be absolutely fine with it yeah you're right really impact them and obviously with her it was yeah it's one of those things she just realized she couldn't have in her life any longer but I mean amazing as well to like talk about how long she'd been on her antidepressants for and you know the journey of Darren Day and having her first son and then I don't know like it's got it's got a really happy ending though I thought she was yeah. really honest yeah we left we left her on a really positive note yeah. actually. she sounds like 
you know, life is great for her at the moment. And yeah, just really upbeat and happy. And I think that's a lesson to everyone, isn't it? Because she sounds like she's, you know, had her fair share of dramas in her yeah, life. Yeah. Look, like, you know, she's completely come out the other side of it. She's really happy. She's really positive. Um, and, you know, there'll be a lot, a lot of people listening to this that might be going through something terrible right yeah. now and they just can't yeah. see their way out. And yeah. hopefully this will, this will help to show that there is a, there is a way out. There always yeah. is a way out. I also think with somebody like Suzanne, she'd be the person that if you're listening and you are, like Georgia said, going something, going through something monumental, you could probably reach out to her and like send her a direct message and she'd probably give yeah. you some really good advice. Lovely woman. We love her. Um, we now we're going to do um, products now. So we're just going to pick the five things that we've been using the most this week because that seems to be yeah yeah I think yeah, yeah. Mom, we like doing that yeah <laughs> so we that's do. what we're going to do um, do you want to kick us off though yeah so obviously it's Luna's birthday coming up in a couple of weeks so yeah. I've been trying to search out online some really kind of different brands and different things for her and she's really got into because she's got these bunk beds at home they've got little shelves on them so she's kind of been filling them up with all her little toys and her little things like Luna loves really girly kind of Aww. tiny little toys to play with so I um Dozer and I've got her a a personalized ballerina musical jewelry box and we're the ones oh you have yes I had yeah. one of these when I was little do you wind them up at the bottom yes yes oh, I remember those oh my god yeah. that is so cute do you know what I love Etsy and not on the high street yeah. um just for personalized stuff like for you know Axel's just started school and everything has to be named and labeled and all that kind of stuff yeah and then I got him a personalized water bottle on there and it's actually metal so it's pretty sturdy and yeah. it says Axel on it. He loves that. I'm, I'm always sort of getting that kind of thing on their yeah. cards. Um, you know, just all, all those sort of nice little personalised yeah. bits. It's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Um, so on the theme of labelling and school and stuff, just a couple of brands to talk about um, when it comes to labelling. No one seems to sew in labels anymore, which I'm so grateful for because oh, I would not have a clue how to do that. Probably take me half an hour to try <laughs> and thread the needle. Um, so two things that I've found. One I have spoken about before is Stamptastic, and that's basically like an ink pad with a stamper, and you just literally stamp it, stamp their name on it. It's great. Um, you can pick like a little picture to go on there as well. But for other things like bags, like pee bags, coats, those sorts of things where they might not have like a white label in it. It's thing called attacher tag and it's almost like a security tag. So it's got a back and a front yeah. and the front says Axel's name. So it says Axel Dayton and then um, it's plastic. So it just sort of, it, it clamps onto the fabric yeah. and also it means it can't come off but also you can reuse them so if they're no longer wearing that coat anymore you can just use there's a little tool and you can just take them off and reuse them on something else so yeah they are really really good yeah so this brand i'm really excited to start using it literally only arrived in the post um yesterday so i've only taken one of their tablets but i've obviously spoken about my hair loss i mean as you know females after we have babies definitely we lose hair but this has been really impacted by my menopause um I just my hair just it, it's just been really sad to watch it kind of lose its elasticity it keeps breaking at the ends I've definitely lost 
you know, visibly lost a load of hair, so much so that I'm having to start wearing my clip-ins again when I do various different shoots and stuff. It's called JS Health Vitamins, um, and this one is Hair and Energy. It's an Australian brand, as I said, and apparently the reviews have been incredible, like noticeable difference difference in like two months. Wow, that's really good. I sometimes think with these things, when you've got to take them for like six months, by that time, you, you've sort of lost heart and you've forgotten. And unless yeah. you see the results in, like you say, two months, then you give it up. So that sounds amazing. And, it was, and they were only 26 quid and they came. Oh, that's Tuesday. good. So I'll that's let you know really how it goes. Yes. Brill. Um, so this is another, well, Gigi's basically so small and she doesn't seem to ever grow into any clothes. So... <laughs> Recently, I've just I've had to go out and get her like loads of new bits for winter because everything I already had for her for winter is massive. Yeah. So um, one, everyone knows I love leopard print, and a brand that I found on Instagram is called Hunter and Boo. Um, she's got this amazing leopard print onesie. I've like, seen oh, it. It's so gorgeous. It's so gorgeous, and. Um, yeah I mean it's just lovely I still love her in all in ones especially because she is so dinky then I can roll I can just roll the bottoms up and Mm. she can hopefully grow into them a bit Um, but yeah it's just a brand I really like yeah we're big fans of Hunter and Boo Um, and then finally this is actually a jewellery designer that I have um, have kind of been you know buying bits and pieces off for a few years now but her name's Emily Mortimer on Instagram she's Emily Mortimer Jewellery and she has made me I don't know if you've seen me wear it's a gold initial necklace like a pendant so it's got yes. a really pretty gold chain and then it's got like a disc with a Z on it um, nice, but she basically yeah. makes these incredible pieces like beautiful rings as I said like lovely chain Vogue Williams has got one as well I saw um, Lucy Mech wearing one the other day like really really lovely bits so yeah drop her a message and she can make whatever you want basically and it's not extortionate Oh, nice. I think it's really lovely, like when you have a baby, to treat yourself to like something like that because you're not changing your jewellery all the time. You don't really have time to, do you? So it's nice to just wear like a nice classic piece. Yeah, and I get so many compliments about this necklace. I love it. It's my favourite. Oh, you yeah. actually, do you know what? You get so many messages about your jewellery. No, you? <laughs> you do have some lovely bits. I mean, I'm, most of it's from accessorise, but this one is a particularly <laughs> special one. Right, so it's time for us to say goodbye um, for this Tuesday episode. But of course, we are back on Friday. Um, as always, we would love you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. And if you do know any of your parent mates that aren't listening to the pod, then just give them a little nudge. Um, hopefully it can help them too. And please do continue to send over your suggestions for the Friday episode. And also, if you've got any guests you'd love to see, like see on the podcast, write in their comments, get in their DMs, tell them to come on the pod, um, because that would be great. And yeah, we will see you on Friday. See you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 